Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The terrific Football Tuesday edition of You Better You Bet rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here with us on the BetQL Network. Next 60 minutes will be spent with our friends at Stadium, and then Power Hour, final hour, you'll have to switch on over if you're on Stadium, uh, twitch.tv backslash BetQL. But before we uh, bid adieu to Stadium for today, we'll be joined by our friend Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops, coming up in 20 minutes. No shortage of topics to discuss in the National Basketball Association, including this hashtag developing story with Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. Will he or won't he play tonight for the Sixers on the road at the Golden State Warriors? I promise at at some point before we go off the air today, I will give you thoughts on what I think is going to happen in Super Bowl 58. We'll break down the broadcast from Sunday, like, or we won't. I've teased it like 50 times already. We haven't done it yet. To be fair, a lot of great stuff going on right now, like uh, newsworthy, like topics that are fun to talk about in the world of sports. So we we hope to get to these things as we move along before we bid adieu at 7 o'clock Eastern time. But joining us right now to kick off our number three of today's show, we just had a Denver Broncos Super Bowl champion to end our number two, Mark Schlereth. Let's bring on another Denver Broncos Super Bowl champion right now. And this one is our BetQL Network teammate. You've watched him all season long on NFL Sundays, inside the betting lines, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern time from Mandalay Bay Sportsbook, usually with, with the candy man, Adam Candy, our bud Jared Smith doing a great job the last couple of weeks. So awesome to welcome back to the show, our friend, all-decade team member of the Denver Broncos last decade, starting linebacker on the Super Bowl 50 championship team, our buddy Brandon Marshall on Twitter at BMarsh with two H's at the end. Uh, Brandon, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick and Ken. Uh, happy almost Super Bowl to you and yours, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. You know, it's here in Las Vegas, so you know, I can't wait for the, all the festivities. 
Brandon, I'm curious, maybe just one question about the two games that, that we just saw on Sunday. Like, what what surprised you the most? We had two pretty crazy, dramatic, compelling games. Obviously, the Ravens kind of fall apart a little bit. Mahomes ends up advancing to the Super Bowl. And then a crazy comeback by the Niners, some interesting decision-making by Detroit and Dan Campbell. Like, what stood out to you? What was kind of the most interesting thing here for, uh, for you from those two games? Well, what stood out the most to me is the fact that the Baltimore, and everybody's been talking about it, Baltimore only had six combined rushes, you know, from their two starting running backs, from their two running backs. And it, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. This is the best rushing team in the league. Also, they saw what Buffalo did, right, to the Kansas City. In, up in Buffalo, they ran the ball over them. They controlled the clock. They just couldn't finish. And the fact that they didn't run the ball a little more was a little disturbing to me. And it's crazy because they didn't, you know, I didn't like the offensive game plan, but at the same time, they still had a chance to win the game at the very end. Um, they was never out of it. You know, even though the, the, the two red zone turnovers, they still was in the game, kicked the field goal late. Um, you know, it was just kind of it's kind of interesting, you know, the game plan from the Ravens. Okay, so you used the word interesting there, and you kind of like made a face as you said it. I'll, I'll say <laughs> it was a it was a freaking brutal game plan from Todd Monken. Like, it was, it was absolutely terrible. So, look, Brandon, like, you, you won a Super Bowl. Like, you played at the highest level. If you were playing defense for the Baltimore Ravens this past Sunday and the offense does that, what are you, like, saying in the locker room? Like, what are you thinking after the game? I'm thinking, what are we doing? You know, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we have the MVP, right? Lamar Jackson is the MVP. And so it's tough to say, okay, you know what? Let's not put the ball in the MVP's hands. But we understand clock management. We understand how to control the ball. We understand what we need to do as far as keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. So, man, give the ball to Gus Edwards. Give it to Justice Hill. You know, give Dalvin Cook some run. You know, I'm I'm really shocked at it. And if I'm the defense, I'm upset because we're going right back on the field after these three and outs or, you know, and I want to say the Ravens might have, you know, only got one or two or three, uh, you know, third down conversions in. That's putting the defense on the field a lot. That's asking a lot of the defense. And the defense still played fantastic. They let, you know, they kept Patrick Mahomes to zero points in the second half. So the game is not on the defense. And, you know, they held him to 17 points. And on every defensive goal board and every defensive room, the coach says, okay, as long as we hold him under 17 points, some defensive coordinators say 18, we have a chance to win the game. And they held him 17 points or less. They had a chance to win the game, but the offense didn't hold up in the bargain. Brandon, kind of a similar question. If you if you played for the Detroit Lions in that game against San Francisco, and you're you're a Lions defensive player, and you're on the sideline, and you watch Dan Campbell, and to be fair, you would have seen it all year, like doing the same kind of decision making on fourth downs. Like, does that energize you as a player? Like, we're going for it, we're being aggressive, but you're on defense. Like, you got to kind of pick up the pieces if those decisions don't work out. He obviously goes for it a bunch in the game, makes a lot of aggressive decisions. Like, how would you have felt? How would you have felt this season playing under a guy like Dan Campbell? Well, look, it's, it's, you kind of got mixed, mixed, mixed feelings from it because, you know, Dan Campbell's an aggressive guy, former player, and he brings that energy that you love, right, that aggressive energy that, um, that, that you know what I'm saying, never say die, you know, I think it says knee-biter, you know, <laughs> knee-biter mentality. And cool, we understand that, we get that, we like it, right? But it's twofold because, all right, you know, there's times we should have kicked the field goal, right, that could help us probably potentially get, you know, a couple more wins, maybe we've got the, the number two seed. Especially in that Cowboys game. I thought after they, you know, they penalized, you know, the offensive lineup for not reporting, even though he did. I think after that, just kick the, kick the extra point and then go into overtime, right? So, and then in the NFC Championship game, points are at a premium. Points are at a premium, so you have to take the points. That's how I feel about it. I get it, right? That's his MO. 
and he's going to live by the gun and die by the gun. That's exactly what happened. But when points come at a premium and you see your, your defense is struggling a little bit, you got to help him out. You got to give yourself some cushion and you got to keep the field going. Brandon, be honest here, and this doesn't have to run in contrast with what you just said. If you're playing defense for the San Francisco 49ers and it's fourth and two, fourth and three, and you see the offense out there and the Lions are going to go for it, are you thinking, I'm happy that they're going for it or I wish they were kicking? Like, what is your emotion if you're playing defense for the Niners in those moments? If I'm playing defense, I'm feeling disrespected. Right, I'm feeling disrespected because I'm like, okay, so y'all must think that y'all can come out here and go for it on fourth down and complete it. So at the same time, there comes that level of disrespect. And you got to tell yourself that as a player, we have that type of mentality. And, you know, we have that mean streak that we got to have and we got to be able to turn it on. When a coach makes a decision, we should take that personal. You know, we used to take it personal when I played. So you take it personal and that's when you step up, you rise to the occasion and you shut it down. And uh, the 49ers did that. Brandon, we hear about this all the time, and we can we can start talking about the Super Bowl. Obviously, coming up next weekend, you know you you know Nick and I we did we did not play football at a high level. If you couldn't tell, we didn't we couldn't play football at a high level. <laughs> and you have everybody always say, even people in the media, even like Nick and I will probably say this in the next couple of weeks. We'll be like, you know, the Super Bowl is different. You know, like the timing is different, the schedule is different, whatever. Like, but I I wasn't there. Like, I didn't play in the game. I don't know how different it is. How how different is it playing in the Super Bowl versus another game? You know, the interesting thing is, you know, all week long coaches will tell you, okay, it's just another football game, right? We treat it like another game. And yes, you're supposed to treat it like any other football game. But at the end of the day, it's not. It's not another football game because the energy surrounding it, the, the whole week full of preparation, uh, you know, the fans, the, you know, the attention, the media, right? It's just a different ball game. So what you got to do is, okay, enjoy it. You know, we earned the right. You know, we were AFC or NFC champions. We, we earned the right to be there. So enjoy it. I'm mean, enjoy the festivities, the media, the attention. But when it's time to lock in, it's time to lock in. And that's what every player needs to do, right? They earn the right to, to play in that game. And not many players get to do it. So enjoy it. But at the same time, when it's time to lock in, you got to lock in. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken here on a Tuesday. We're locking in with our BetQL Network uh, teammate, uh, Super Bowl champion of the Denver Broncos linebacker, Brandon Marshall, on Twitter, at BMarsh, with two H's uh, coming up there at the end. Brandon, uh, I tell you that the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are underdogs in Super Bowl 58. The Niners are the favorite in the game. Does that surprise you to hear that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are underdogs in the Super Bowl? Well, the reason it doesn't surprise me is because of all year long what people are saying about the Chiefs and the lack of offensive weapons and they don't have the firepower. They're not who, yet, who they used to be. But at the end of the day, right, they have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And they are the new Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, if we're being honest with you. Well, it's tough to beat those guys. It's tough to go against them in the games that matter, right? Everybody used to hate the Patriots because they always got to the AFC Championship game. They always got to the Super Bowl, and most likely they would win. It's the same sentiment right now with the Chiefs. So, you know, I think they're making it interesting. Yes, do the 49ers have a better team on paper? Yes, it's a better team on paper. But the game is not played on paper, right? We have one of the best quarterbacks. And it's crazy to say this in his, like, sixth or seventh season. One of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. He's already tallied that, right? And one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game. They have experience. They've won two Super Bowls. They've been here before. So, for them to be an underdog is a crime, but on paper and the power rankings, how that goes, that's why the, uh, the 49ers are favored. But 
you know, the game ain't played on paper. Well, yeah, I mean, look at the betting market for the last two games, like underdog to the Bills, big underdog on Sunday to the Ravens. So to your point, Brandon, like the, the power ratings may not actually be matching maybe what, what ends up happening in the game. And you brought up all the Super Bowls Mahomes has played in. He's played, obviously, like, <laughs> like more Super Bowls than anybody should play at his age by now. But he's also played a lot of different kinds of Super Bowls, like played a Super Bowl where he got blown out against Tampa, where like they couldn't get a stop at all. Uh, yeah, offensive line fell apart. He got sacked a bunch. They played a crazy high scoring Super Bowl last year against the Eagles. They also played the last time they played the Niners, a lower scoring Super Bowl where he was actually like pretty bad for the first three quarters of the game. So he's played all different kinds of games. When you start to think about this one, sort of a rematch, same coaches, but different quarterback, different coordinators, a, a different kind of Super Bowl. Which one, which angle do you think it is? Like what type of game do you think we're going to see here? The total in the game in the market is 47 and a half. Gives you an idea of what the market expects. What do you expect? What kind of Super Bowl is this going to be? Well, to be honest, I think it, it could be similar to what happened um, the first time around that they played the Niners uh, in the Super Bowl. Now, the Niners' defense is not what they were. They once were. They're giving up, you know, I think the last five games, they're giving up on average around 23 points a game. But the Chiefs' defense is literally elite. They've only been giving up 14 points per game the last five games. And this defense is top two in the league. They play the pass well. They play the run. They get out to the quarterback. So to give Mahomes an elite defense is scary. It should be a crime, to be honest with you. <laughs> it, it should be a crime. So I can see it being – I'm not saying Mahomes is going to play bad initially. I don't think that's going to happen, right? Because right now this, the 49 defense looks like a Swiss cheese. There's a lot of holes everywhere. They can't stop the run in the playoffs. You know, and the guys – people are moving the ball, and they've learned how to scheme up the 49ers. So Steve Wilkes, he better be on his A game because Andy Reid's coming. Right? Andy Reid's coming. So I don't necessarily see it being like a crazy 30 to 30 – you know, one 30, 31 to 34 type of game that they just played uh, against the Lions. But, you know, I think it'll be a tight game for sure. But expect that Chiefs defense to come out hitting on all cylinders. But kind of like uh, like giving Peyton Manning an elite defense, right? Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, so it's, it's, it sounds, Brandon, It's it sounds like you think the Chiefs yeah. are going to win. That can be in pencil, not in pen, right? Still like a bunch of time to go before the game. Yeah, Let me ask you yeah. this. Let's say okay. the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Now, Mahomes is obviously like the favorite to win MVP like in the game, period, and also on the Kansas City side. I know that my co-host, Ken Barkley, has made the case already and may make the case for some other players potentially on Kansas City. We've gone into the reasons why we'll continue to do that as we approach the game. Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, Brandon. Who do you think is going to win most valuable player? And if you, and if you think it's Mahomes, that's totally okay. They're going to give it to Travis Kelsey. <laughs> because he's brought Taylor That's right, Swift into the flow. It's a, it's That's into right. The fold. Yeah. I saw a metric, and I'm not sure how they do, how they can, you know, do these metrics as far as the amount of revenue or dollars that Taylor Swift has brought to the NFL, but it said it's somewhere around north of 300 million. I'm not even sure how you quantify that, but because Travis Kelsey has brought one of the biggest, if not the biggest pop stars into the fold of the NFL, and to be honest, I'm hearing that people are watching the games because of them. And when you look at it, right, the last two games, the divisional game, the Chiefs broke a record against the Bills, right, for viewership. They broke another record against the Ravens. Part of that has to be Taylor Swift, man. And it's crazy. It sucks for me to say it. You know, I'm not a hater. But the fact that this is happening, first of all, the NFL loves it. Secondly, if Travis Kelsey has another game like he had last game, 11 for 11, uh, first of all, that's crazy on the Ravens to – allow that by the way that's wild anyway if 
he has another good game. Even if he catches an eight for 105 and two touchdowns or something like that, they may try to lean towards, let's give it to Travis, you know. Um, but that's if Mahomes doesn't play as he should. You know what I mean? If Mahomes throws like two picks, then they'll give it to Travis. If he throws no picks, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league. They don't give it to the quarterback. Uh, that's a very interesting and illuminating answer oh, there from please. Brandon Marshall. I think you made, <laughs> please, Travis you, Kelsey, you, you, please. You, yeah. you, made, you made my co-host very happy. You'd make me pretty happy, too, if that were to, if that were to be true and Travis Kelsey wins Super Bowl MVP. Brandon, this was awesome. And I know you're out in Vegas, so I'm hoping that we'll get to see you in person coming up next week and do a more thorough breakdown coming up of the game. Our BetQL Network teammate, Brandon Marshall, Sundays inside the betting lines throughout the entire NFL season, and, of course, Super Bowl 50 champion with the Denver Broncos. My friend, we sincerely appreciate it. Stay well, and maybe we'll see you out in Sin City next week. Yeah, I hope so. Let's make it happen. Yeah, well, well, we want to, because that was awesome. That was great. great He's awesome. Just going through yeah. the show today. This is going to be us. <laughs> might see like literally I, everybody we have on the show. Might actually see him in person. I, I, I really got to tell you something. He's he's a stud, man. He's awesome. That was great. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to the Super Bowl a little later this hour, but we'll do some NBA coming up next with our friend Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. And it hits the rim, and it bounces outside. Nice. win and the biggest statistically speaking comeback of the year from down by 16 to win it welcome back to you better you bet brought to you by bet mgm with nick costos and ken barkley on the bet ql network Courtesy of the call goes to our friends at Valley Sports. The Mavericks come back to beat the Magic last night, 131-129, behind a 45-point, like, nine-rebound, like, 38-assist game from Luka Doncic, uh, following a 73-point game this past Friday. He's uh, obviously playing great basketball right now. Maybe could steal the MVP from Joel Embiid if Embiid, like, you know, can't can't play in the games. Uh our good friend and Philadelphia 76er superfan, Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops, will join us in just a second to talk all things betting on the NBA. But 20 minutes from now, uh, maybe we'll talk about the uh, the broadcast from Sunday. Maybe not. We'll see. We also have like a bunch of time next hour. And we will give you early thoughts, or I will at least. Ken gave them yesterday on the show I was off. For Super Bowl 58, we'll bandy it about. Side total. I've got some prop bets that I like as well coming up for the... Uh, for the Super Bowl, maybe get some golf thoughts as well for the tournament coming up uh, from Pebble Beach with our friend Tyler Morales and all our bets for tonight uh, at the end of the show. But joining us right now to talk some betting on the NBA, no shortage of topics, is our good friend Alex Christensen, of course, better known to you and yours as Noobs. The Noobster is on Twitter at underscore Noobs, which you know is spoon backwards with an underscore. Uh, does great work for our friends over at FTN and Bets US uh, doing NBA uh betting coverage for them, and he's the host of the show, Hoops with Noobs. Whoever named that show, just my opinion, deserves a raise. Noobs, welcome back to You Better You Bet. Nick and Ken, how's it going? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You know, I guess I should be upset that we're back to negative Joel Embiid coverage where it's all about, is he going to play? Should he be playing more? I assure you, as someone that was in the car for a little bit today, that the Philadelphia Talk Radio has the same level of nuance they do with most things, which is not much. So, uh, I, I, you know, if it be plays tonight, great. If he doesn't, I, I hope, honestly, I hope he doesn't. I'd rather have him rest, be done with this now, and get that knee healthy in time for postseason basketball. 
So people who are obviously listening to the show and not watching it, Noops is wearing a, a 76ers hat as well, 76ers fan. So I know you say like – Can, can, can he bend fan, the brim, by the way? Like Noops got the flat brim going on here. Like Noops, you look ridiculous, Noops. Bend the brim a little bit. You know, fair, fair point. Like yeah, give us, a little, give us a little bend. Perfect. just sits up too uh, high. My head's weirdly shaped. You, <laughs> fair point. You uh, you gave us that like kind of like as a fan. Like I, I want it to be done with. Like I wish we would just know. Okay, but as like a better, some people probably view this as like a tremendous opportunity because we, we really have no idea whether he's going to play tonight. Whether he plays tonight or not, it's not like the MVP race is done, like he's eliminated, but we're getting really close to that happening. And it puts a tremendous amount of importance on whether he just plays tonight in kind of like a meaningless regular season game for the two teams against the Golden State Warriors. Do you think he will play tonight? And as a better, you gave us the fan thing. I want it to be done with. Let's just know. As a better, like what advice would you give people right now on how to bet MVP? It's just a really tough question at this point. I think they're just about done with road back-to-backs for this year. There's not many left on the schedule in general, and that's when it be generally misses time. I just think, again, you look at the fact, I believe he can only miss five or six games for the rest of the season. You think about how many games they have left and how much in general he misses. That just assumes he doesn't pick up some sort of other injury along the way, which, again, if you watch the Sixers, you pay attention. There generally is some sort of lingering injury. So, I think it's going to be just this painful race where we're going to be really close again unless something more serious happens and he has to miss a week. And, and I guess what I would say is if you have an B ticket in your pocket at a nice number, I would try to balance things a little bit. Use that equity to go, you know, not really bet Jokic at even money, but maybe get yourself a little bit of Giannis at plus 800, looking at the odds from our friends here at BetMGM. Maybe get yourself a little bit of Shea. I don't know if plus 350 is that great of a number, but try to find some ways to maybe cover your Embiid stake with somebody else in an interesting way. If you don't have an Embiid ticket, you know, we're looking at plus 500. I know, uh, Ken, you grabbed some plus 900 about a week ago. That's a nice number. If that pops back up, I think that's, again, probably worth a small wager. Again, if you're somebody with some Jokic, I just think a lot of this comes down to what your portfolio looks like at this point. If you have bet nothing, I wouldn't tell you to bet Embiid. If you have a bunch of other bets, try to think about how Embiid possibly not qualifying affects what you've got in front of you. So, Noobs, uh, prisoner of the moment question here. Ken and I talked about this a little earlier because I don't know if you heard, but, you know, Luka Doncic is playing pretty well right now. Uh, I said Coach Jason Kidd comparing him to Michael Jordan after last night's game and saying that he is definitely better than Dirk Nowitzki, which may or may not be true, but it's a wild thing, I think, for Jason Kidd to say because, you know, he played with Dirk when they won an NBA championship beating the the Miami Heat in the first year for the Miami Heat Big Three. Uh, Any thought given to Luka Doncic at price right now for NBA Most Valuable Player? Luka is six. At our show sponsor, BetMGM. If the answer is no, that's okay. But uh, I would like to ask you the question. Good, sir. Yeah, I think Luka Doncic could be better than Dirk Nowitzki, but he's got a long way to go. And part of it is figuring out how to do what Dirk figured out at one point. Never a great defensive player. Figured out how to position himself and make an impact on the floor. Just not be a negative. And if you listen to any coverage, all the talk about Luka Doncic from a lot of you know smarter guys that are really bigger basketball heads. Legler talked about it on the low post last week, and I've heard it a couple other places. He's great. He looks really fantastic on offense, but he stands and complains when he doesn't get calls when the ball is moving up the floor the other way he doesn't move he does not really make any effort it's a lot of the same stuff that people said about James Harden and again James Harden was able to win the MVP and probably should have won another MVP but at least at some point learned how to show effort or was able to cover that up with really truly fantastic numbers on a winning team the Mavericks are 
a winning team. They're 26 and 21, but they're the seventh seed in the West. They're not even guaranteed to be in the playoffs at this point. So uh, for Luca to win MVP, I think they have to somehow win that division fight for a top three seed and Luca's got to try on defense a little bit otherwise he's just going to get a lot of I think maybe second third fourth place votes but not enough to actually win Noops there are obviously a bunch of other topics going on <clears throat> excuse me in the NBA besides besides the MVP race and you, you know this and I know you like keep a lot of data on all those stuff every season you kind of have these trends that just like become things last year I remember it was just if you bet against the Warriors on the road every game you just you like retired like it was just they just could not win a game on the road and the market was still pricing them like no they're gonna they're gonna do it like they're gonna be pretty good on the road i remember a bunch of friends just telling me like no no you literally just bet this like every game and it just works are there any things like that going they don't have to be as consistent maybe as i mean that was a crazy one last year home road situational stuff just a team in general is there anything weird going on with the nba this year that fits that description well, I think the easiest fruit to pick off the tree of that question is the Atlanta Hawks are somehow the worst team against the spread in the league as a favorite, as an underdog, at home and on the road. It is just stunning <laughs> that any so just team the could be just all of so it. bad. Yeah. If you blindly bet, um, just double-checking the number here, every Atlanta Hawks spread, you'd be down 24 units this season. That is just incredible. And it, it makes every Hawks game now this huge uh, just sort of quandary of, is the rating finally low enough? Can the Hawks finally cover? Because if you go and look, they're covering first halves. They're coming out, playing a good quarter or two, and they're just collapsing in on themselves like a dying star every night in these just incredible ways. So I think that really sticks out. I don't really know if it's a great angle to keep playing, but it's something to pay attention to. My favorite angle, though, for the year has been the Knicks and the Thunder against bad teams take the bad teams team total under. Both of those teams play at a high level of effort. They don't play down to their competition. They have depth. They really push hard in those games. And really when they blow teams out, it's from defensive effort. So Thunder and Knicks, anytime they're playing a bad team, your Washingtons, your San Antonios, your Charlottes at this point, Portland, team total under for them. About collapsing onto themselves like a, like a dying star. I, I just want to say that I, I – I thought that was pretty good from our from our friend Noobs. Uh, Alex Christensen, by the way, Nick's host the Jazz tonight for whatever that's worth. You better you better hear with Nick and Ken on a Tuesday. We are talking the NBA with our friend Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noobs, on Twitter at underscore, you know, Noobs. Uh, may I let Ken ask you about your old buddy Glenn and the Milwaukee Bucks coming up here in a second? But uh, I'm fascinated to get your answer to this question, Noobs. Uh, Ken and I were talking about this a little earlier, and— Look, I would love for it to be for my Knicks to be the answer to the question, but it doesn't have to be. Once we get outside the big three in the Eastern Conference, I'm going to give you four teams in the East. You have to pick one to ride to the finish, potentially, in the Eastern Conference. And that would be my Knicks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who were like awesome and are about to get Darius Garland back and just got Evan Mobley back, the Indiana Pacers, or the Miami Heat, who I would say are dead, but we've been calling them the zombie heat basically for like 20 years now. And who knows when they could come back to life. Pick one of those teams if you had to take one to hit your wagon to outside of the big three in the Eastern Conference. So I think I can cross Indiana and Cleveland off the list pretty quickly. I, maybe Halliburton will be healthy and this will all come together for Indiana in this magical way. And there'll be this terrifying, fast, small ball team. But I just don't see it. And I don't know if in a playoff series uh, they're going to be able to do that against smart coaches that have time to plan and defend against that. Cleveland, as good as Donovan Mitchell's been, they have not been a quality team with all four of those guys together. It just doesn't seem to fit. Evan Mobley has really stagnated. He has not gotten better. He is a non-shooter 
at this point, which is something this team has realized they need shooters on the floor around Mitchell to make this all work. So I just don't think those teams have what it takes. I have money on the Heat to win the East. I made that bet about a week ago. Since then, they've lost, I think, three or four games in a row in pretty embarrassing fashion. And it's one of those things where maybe there's another move to be made. I really don't think they have the assets to make another trade, but it's Miami. They figure this stuff out. If they could go into the playoffs healthy with the team they have, I think they're scary, but give me your Knicks. Your Knicks have been playing really, really great basketball. I think that they're a more talented team than Miami is. I think Thibodeau probably loses that coaching battle with Spolster in a way that's meaningful, but if those two play in a series, it's going to be interesting. The Knicks are not afraid of Miami. Uh, You guys are playing incredible defense. You have shooting. A little concern maybe about depth. That 7th, 8th, ninth spot isn't as good as it was since you had to do that two for one. But I think the Knicks out of those four teams right now have the best chance of winning a couple playoff series unless Miami somehow wakes up from this funk they're in. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's crazy. It's just people are like, wait, really? The Knicks are going to win? Just like play it out. And every series you encounter, you'll be like, yeah, actually, okay. Yeah, like that actually kind of makes a lot of sense. Philly with Embiid's health, the Celtics with Missoula, and like they have been, like last year's Celtics, this was kind of true, but like look at them against quality competition this year. Like look at how the fourth quarters go in those games, some of those games. It's a disaster. <laughs> like it's not good. And Missoula is kind of getting like thrown under the bus a little bit now for that. Anyway, the other team that the Knicks could play where you'd be like, oh, maybe, like maybe it could happen. We did Philly, we did Boston, is Milwaukee. And again, you play it out the same way. Maybe it's maybe with Adrian Griffin as the coach, Noops, it was just like, oh no, the Knicks like will beat Milwaukee if Adrian Griffin is the head coach. And now I guess, I guess you would call that into question. Doc Rivers' debut, as you call him, Glenn debuts last night as the head coach was like sitting up in the Glenn. stands for a couple games. Yeah, right. and uh, and now now the coach of the team they lose to Denver. Like I don't know if we learned anything, but does that change how you feel about like how'd you feel with Griffin? Does this really change anything for you? Let's say in about a minute. If the Bucks can win a championship with Mike Budenholzer, maybe they can win a championship with Glenn Rivers, which I think is the nicest thing I've said about Glenn Rivers in probably two and a half years. Um, this Bucks team definitely needed to make a change. It's still Giannis. Giannis is still arguably the best player on the planet on any particular night. Dame Lillard is starting to figure it out. And at the very least, Glenn Rivers is going to be simple enough on offense to go, you know, maybe we should just run pick and roll with these two dudes. 50 times a game instead of how little they're running it now. So I think Milwaukee is, you know, solidified as kind of, you know, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, as, you know, Nick, you said, that's your top three. And I think bringing Glenn Rivers in really just solidifies and takes away a lot of the doubt I had about how bad Milwaukee and disorganized Milwaukee looked to start the season. Yeah, I just, I know like they lost last night. I don't know. I, I came away feeling like a lot better about the Bucs. Not that I think they're going to win, but I think you feel a lot better about them. Are they, they're going to play defense. They can play defense. Wow. What, right. a, what a thought. Uh, Noobs, let's close with this. Uh, we have about a minute for the answer here. Uh, about what, five games in the NBA tonight? Anything tickling your old betting fancy for tonight? Yeah, looking through, the full-game markets are really tough. That Sixers-Warriors game you have to throw out because we don't know what Embiid's doing. Uh, you're the, in the Lakers-Hawks games, just two terrible options there. I think your Knicks can really beat up on the Jazz, but you sort of hinted at the Jazz possibly being a bad team. They are not. They're pretty good. I think that's going to be a fun matchup. Someone's been betting the under all day like they have the score, but like the over there, Pacers-Celtics, I will bet the Pacers if we get Miles Turner on the floor. And then my favorite bet of the group, the Chicago Bulls, I played them at minus six. They're minus six and a half right now going up against the Toronto's Raptors team that is just basically out of basketball players at this point they've traded away Siakam they've traded away Precious they've traded away Ananobi Emmanuel quickly is out tonight 
Um, R.J. Barrett's out tonight. Apparently, Michael Porter Jr. has a brother, and he's going to be playing 19, 20 minutes tonight for the Toronto Raptors. That's, that's just kind of where we are. Chicago's a better team, top to bottom. They're good at home. I like the Bulls to win this game pretty comfortably. So uh, I bet it at six. I'm looking at six and a half from our friends at BetMGM right now. That sounds great. Uh, apparently, it's a Jonte Porter. I was going to say, like, Otto or Terry was going to be my guess. All I've right. been saying Jaden all day. Over three. They call him Doc. Uh, Noops, in five seconds, who scores the first touchdown to Super Bowl 58? Travis Kelsey. Oh, man. I gotta please, tell you, everybody. Man. Please. Like, and and uh, listen, Noops pumps that content out. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, yes. Also, I think a lot of people are going to bet the Chiefs for that. I went on record somewhere once. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Noobs pumps out that content. So, Noobs will give out a bunch of first touchdown stuff over the course of the next week. Um, at underscore Noobs on Twitter. FTN Bets US, my friend. Stay well. Enjoy the games. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, gentlemen. Always love talking to you. I'll be back as soon as I can. All right. <laughs> the gift. All right. We'll talk love to it. you. The great, the great Alex Christians are joining us here on You Better You Bet. Coming up next, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about the uh, the broadcast from Sunday, but we will attempt to give you some thoughts on the game that will be played uh, in a couple weeks with uh, the Niners and the Chiefs. You might have heard of it. It's, uh, you know, called the Super Bowl. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costas and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. For the day with our friends at Stadium. So if you're watching the show on Stadium, head on over to Twitch, twitch.tv backslash betql. That's twitch.tv backslash betql. You can also go to YouTube if you'd like. Oh, I feel like we YouTube kind of gets like shortchanged here a little bit. I love YouTube. Uh, that's true. I'm on YouTube constantly. Uh, YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, or twitch.tv backslash betql to watch the final hour, the power hour of the show. Uh, I recommend it. 10 out of 10. I think it'll be a great decision. Also, uh, you know, we'll be out in Vegas next week for the Super Bowl. Perhaps you will as well. And we always love, Ken and I do, when we're out in Vegas or we're on like any kind of remote and we have fans from the show wearing You Better You Bet merchandise. Because uh, what better way to support your favorite sports betting show, your favorite show, period, than to uh, to buy a t-shirt, to buy a hat, to buy a hoodie, etc. So all of your favorite You Better You Bet catchphrases uh, and slogans are on t-shirts. They are on hoodies, long sleeve t-shirts, short sleeve t-shirts, on hats, eight buckets, etc. All sorts of good stuff at YouBetterYouBetShop.com. The website is YouBetterYouBetShop.com. What the hell are you waiting for? I'd like to do that again in my Chester Bennington voice. Rest in peace. What the hell are you waiting for? YouBetterYouBetShop.com. YouBetterYouBetShop.com. All right. Uh, we'll get to bets for tonight coming up next hour on the show. Do we, we're going to have Tyler give us some, uh, some, some golf bets also for the week. 
or, or college hoops or something. Uh, oh, for yeah. one last night, PJ, PJ and Tyler took Virginia Tech and they were soundly defeated by Duke at home. Um, so we'll, we'll see how tonight. A lot more games tonight, a lot more to pick from. Uh, a, a bunch of other teams I've never seen play before and I don't know anything about, but uh, we'll get some other picks. We'll get some other stuff going. Well, my, well, just like I wasn't here yesterday, so like I can't confirm this, my feeling is that it's PJ's fault, not Tyler's. It almost so, has to be. Just, yeah, it really I mean, almost has to be his fault. Yeah, yeah good. Great, great. Go back, to, go back to send it in, PJ, with your Virginia Tech bets, loser. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Super Bowl, shall we? Uh because you know it's I haven't I haven't done that yet, and the game's been intact for almost forty eight hours at this point. So where we stand side in total for the big game, Ken, at BetMGM, San Francisco a two point favorite. So San Francisco laying two at BetMGM. The total in the game sits at forty seven and a half. The Niners minus one thirty on the money line, and the Chiefs. And allow me to be, please. I don't know, like the 600th person that's already said it this week, that uh, you can get Patrick Mahomes at plus money to win the Super Bowl as an underdog in the game because they are plus 110 to win Super Bowl 58. So, Ken, you gave long-form thoughts on the show yesterday. It sounds like you're lean right now, and I don't know if you've bet it already. We haven't talked about it at all. That you like the under in this game as it stands right now, correct? Yeah, that's side in total. That'd probably be my favorite. I, I think, like, you can, if you want to just do, like, strict side in total – in this first answer, I think that's cool. But the what I asked Brandon earlier this hour uh, when we had him on, I, I think like if, if we did that too, it would be a good idea. Just, okay, like side total, whatever. Like what, I don't think you're going to get an argument like, well, this is crazy. Like it needs to be way different than this. Like it's, that's, that's a bad argument probably. Like what kind of game do you think this is going to be? So like the reason I like the under, for example, is like I, I agree with Eric's answer from earlier in the show. Like I think it's going to be kind of a clunky game. Like, I think it's actually going to be like a pretty low scoring game and not have a lot of scoring opportunities. And I'm going to end up probably creating a lot of bets. I even have kind of a way I think it's going to play out at the end too, but which is a little crazy, but um, that's, that's kind of like how I see it. Like I, I agree with Eric's analysis from earlier, low scoring, not, not a ton of offensive output and not a ton of scoring chances. That's, that's how I would see the game probably. So I, I don't know if I'm there yet, Ken, on kind of like, what I think the final score of the game is going to be yet. I would just say, and it doesn't have to play out this way. So Super Bowl 54, which these two teams obviously played each other. Yep. And I think you did a good job kind of like saying like, yes, like it is the same two teams and it's the same head coaches and the same quarterback for one side. And I listen, I'd argue San Francisco's quarterback is better this time. I think probably and a lot of former Niners or a lot of, uh, a lot of Niners who played in that game, rather not former Niners, but like a lot of guys were out, like, it's not that far away that there's like, Kittle was on that team. Debo was a rookie that year. Warner was on that team. Greenlaw was on that team. Bosa was on that team. Like, it's not like nobody. Like, it's <laughs> like, there's a lot of guys on that team that, that, that carry over. So it's, it's not nothing. Like, they, those guys did play in the Super Bowl. They did play against Mahomes. And there's, there's a way I think you could spin this either way, based off what I'm going to say. That Super Bowl went to the start of the fourth quarter. San Francisco held a twenty to ten lead, and Ken, I, yep. I actually like I, I think the first I the first it. digit. I rewatched what, what it was, this morning. Yeah. What was the total in the game? It started oh, with a five, right? Game? I don't was remember. it a five or a four? Yeah, can you guys find out? Just like someone on our staff, like find what what was the total in that game? I think it was like it's like hard 50? to have a Super Bowl with a total of fifty. I'm gonna guess it was forty something. Okay, uh, so that was twenty to ten at the end of the third quarter. The Chiefs scored twenty one unanswered in the and fourth at halftime. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and so thirty-one twenty is the final score of the game. So 
I mean, you could always get the Mahomes explosion at the very end, or you can say, look, it was probably like an unlucky run out for San Francisco. Also, like Garoppolo missed Emmanuel Sanders, right, on that deep pass that could have potentially won the game, added more Remember points the for San Francisco. I had forgotten this play on Kittle at the end of the first half. It's 10-10, and Garoppolo throws a perfect pass down the right sideline to Kittle. They're going to be at like the 10-yard line at the end of the half, and they call him for OPI for a terrible, like a like a, a quarter push-off with his arm on Daniel Sorensen. And like, it's, I, I mean, like, I, it's one of those things where like, yes, technically that was OPI. Also, they would never call that in a million, like you, they should never make that call. That was a, like a monster play. I totally forgot that that play happened until I rewatched like the NFL films thing and the game and the highlights. Like, yeah, like I, if I'm San Francisco, I feel like I got such a brutal run out in that game. <laughs> like I just, like they that did. play being a big part of it. Chiefs converted on some high leverage plays. They turned over Mahomes a bunch and still didn't win. Like, I mean, just Mahomes had a like a bad game. At one point, I think he was 10 for 20 with two interceptions. Actually, was a stat line at one point. And they get like really crazy stuff versus like obviously what we've seen since then. And it, felt like, it really felt like San Francisco was going to win the game. Uh, this is a true story. Jake will appreciate this. Uh, I watched that game, Jake, that Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Niners at Shane Reardon's uh, apartment slash house in Chicago. Shane Reardon, of course, uh, producer of the afternoon show, uh, the afternoon drive show on 670, The Score, Parkins and Spiegel in Chicago. Uh, Shane was a very gracious host that day, and we had a very good time, and I was very much not sober during the game. Perhaps why the offensive pass interference call does not come to mind immediately. Oh, yes. at, at, the, at the end. You got an early start on halftime. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the game might start at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central time, but um, the clock read high noon for the majority of the game for your ah. boy that, that day. I was like, that was that was a good one. Uh, Alex says that 53 was the total of that Super Bowl. It actually went under. The actual game yeah. actually went under at, at 31 to 20. So I, I, I guess my initial thought was maybe over in the game. Um, I need to think more about it. I do think, Ken... Uh, conceptualize what I think is going to happen on both sides of the ball. I I don't think, like, I feel like I know Brock Purdy's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, and I think Purdy kind of, like, can do different things than Jimmy can do. Like, the scrambles in the NFC Championship game. Like, I actually have more confidence in Purdy than I would in Jimmy Garoppolo, which makes me a little more skittish about taking the Chiefs to potentially win the game. But I'll just talk about the total for a second now, where I think Purdy's going to play really well. Like, I think Brock Purdy's going to have a good game in the Super Bowl. I don't think that means that I think he's going to throw for 400 yards necessarily, or even like 350, maybe not even 300. But I think he's going to play well in the game. And I have a prop about Brock Purdy that, that I like in this game. Also, I think Mahomes is going to play well in the game because, you know, he's, he's Patrick Mahomes and he's, he generally plays pretty well. Um, so I don't know if I'm ready to pull the trigger on the under Ken. I actually think I might like the over in the game, but kind of want, like, want to see how the market moves, want to think more about it. As far as where I'm at on the side of the game, and I already bet a little bit on Sunday night. Uh, maybe part of it was a little emo betting. I was texting with friend of the show, our buddy Big Cat, um, as this game was 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 ending on Sunday, just about like emo betting. And I was really pissed that the Niners beat the Lions. I was very angry. So I bet the Chiefs right when the line came out. So I, I have some money on Kansas City too, already. By the way, because he's uh, he did also. He bet, he bet yeah, he did also. Like his, his game of the year or whatever. Obviously, like the terminology they use is really funny. It's like it's the newest uh, game of the year, I think. So, I, Ken, I think is I think what it's going to be for me, and I I just want to say like I reserve the right to change my mind potentially. I think the Niners are awesome, and I agree with Ken wholeheartedly. Like it should surprise no one if San Francisco wins this game. The Niners are are really good. 
But uh, I'll give, Ken, the low-hanging fruit analysis and the history of low-hanging fruit analysis. Uh, Bet Square, I don't care, in my best Tommy Lee Jones voice. Uh, great, I'll, I'll take Patrick Mahomes as an underdog in the Super Bowl. And, like, if, if I'm wrong, and I might be, um, when I go to sleep at night, I will sleep very easily knowing that I lost my money on the greatest quarterback of all time. And I'll just live with it, and I'll be okay with it. I think that if I bet San Francisco and the Chiefs won, I think it's one of those where I, I got how do you, I don't know, how do you kind of like live with yourself? Like look in the mirror, be like, hey, like I'm a winner in life. I'm going to go get him today. Yeah, I'm going to carpe diem. I'm going to seize the day. Also, I also I bet against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and I lost. Uh, so I, I have already bet the Chiefs. For not as not like a large amount, but I'm on Kansas City right now. I reserve the right to change my mind. I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm just going to ride Kansas City to the finish here, Ken, and just take Kansas City just to win the game against San Fran. And if I'm wrong, so be it. God bless. God bless San Francisco. Okay. I'll tip the cap. I mean, I you know, I like obviously I've got the MVP stuff coming into the game. I want the game to play out a specific way. I would love for Kelsey especially, but Pacheco or, or Rasheed Rice to win MVP. So if they're going to do that, then the Chiefs have to win the game. The MVP is never going to – literally, it's in the bylaws. Like, the MVP can't come from the losing team. Like, the way the voting is done with the, the media members. I guess the fans could vote. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so, I, I would like those guys to win MVP, which means I, I would like the Chiefs to win the game before even betting a dollar on the game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the my version 1.0 of the way the game plays out is. Uh, Chiefs build a small lead early in the game because they can take advantage of Steve Wilkes' defense because, of course, they can. And then they're going to do what they do. The game is going to grind to a halt. And they're going to like milk a one possession lead or a two possession lead late into the game. And Lamar couldn't come back on him. And I actually kind of think Brad Purdy's going to. And I think he's going to lead a drive to win the Super Bowl for the Niners. And I hate that I think that. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I, and I'll tell you what. I do think Purdy is going to play a really good game. So I would not be surprised if that we need to. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this starting next hour. We'll try and like figure out what we think is going to happen in this game. So if you're watching on stadium, Twitch, twitch.tv backslash BetQL for the final hour, the power hour of You Better You Bet on this Tuesday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network.